1: Going home. Look out. Lippets going home. He stole it. Blake Reese stole home. Oh, my,
2: oh, my. The Gators have just stolen a run.
3: I'm a big fan of Eddie Perez, Eduardo Perez. And uh, what was that? Nova or what, uh, what the hell is that guy? Darinova. Yeah, he was doing the play by play. I don't know. Did you guys see the? game? Did anybody watching it live except me? No, I did not see it live. Okay, Florida and Auburn having a hell of a game. Uh, Auburn's leading them two to one. Guys on first. Another guy's on third. Uh, two outs. Two outs. They have one of their better hitters up, and the guy, uh, the guy at first takes off. Run and the the I think the pitcher was a lefty. Was he a lefty? Yeah, he's left. I think he was lefty. Maybe I think
2: he was a lefty.
3: And when he gets thirty feet off the bag, he falls down. He gets he intentionally falls down. He didn't do that good a job of falling down to making it look accidental. <laughs> but in the haste of the moment, meanwhile, the guy is running off third. He's not waiting. He's they He they, took off as soon as they the throw the, was made. They do the first base. No, before the throw. There okay. was never the guy's still waiting to throw the ball. The guy falls down and that puts his entire focus of his attention on the pitcher on the guy laying on the ground trying to decide what to do and he's probably got guys screaming at him home 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 by the time he turns around the guy's safe sliding home clean steal, steal of home two, 2 uh but the uh it, you know you can't a pitcher can't fake out a runner but a Runner can fake out, oh, a yes, yeah. and he and, and he fell down. This is now going to be the most copied play in base in little league and Babe Ruth and everything else. This would be the most copied play. Probably in was, high
2: school too. It
3: was uh, it was slick as can be, man. By the time the guy turned around to look at the the runner. Guy was sliding basically already. Well, and you no wonder
1: chance. too, you know, because when I saw that, we'll see it occasionally in various formats, I guess, around here and whatnot. But I always wondered why that's not tried more in Major League Baseball because this, the attempt of the steal alone is way down compared to where it used well, to be. Yeah, don't you think? They, yeah, they, they they're waiting to hit home run,
3: but no, I think the what's going on is. Uh, you know, a major league pitcher is very unlikely to react like this kid did. It's know, true. If this if this guy had stepped off, the guy running home's out by thirty feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did not. He, the fall down, put all his focus. The fact that the guy was running off first. And then fell down, took all the guys' focus off it. It was, it was a fantastic... Uh, it was a fantastic... And it uh, wouldn't
1: have worked had it not drunk. been a left-handed
2: pitcher.
3: Mm, yeah, right. I think... Yeah, yeah. He's got to see the whole whole thing. Mm-hmm. I think it was a left-handed. Let me
2: see. I think it, I think it, was, yeah, it was a left
3: It was <laughs> a complete panic panic job. They're still waiting. And, and I got to say, they did not do much of a job of telling us about the fall down, at least initially that that what had gone into making it so successful, I think maybe those guys all of a sudden their focus went to the guy running home from third and didn't didn't watch the whole thing, but the guy falling down off first was uh, was quite the thing and Florida ends up winning it uh in uh ten or eleven innings three to two but uh the uh it was it was a play that uh, was worth uh worth uh mentioning and that's for sure. It was uh, something I've never seen before, at least that way. The other deception story that's floating around—I first saw this yesterday. It's gained a little more momentum today. Uh, the the uh, Bob Baffert has justify, of course, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: He also started a horse called Restoring Hope, and a horse that really had no chance and really no business in the field. And I was in the car listening to the buildup to the race on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to say, well, what if this restoring hope were to do something to harm broad, justifies chances that they, they were questioning him having him in there? Well, the story now is that they kind of used him as a, as a blocking back. <laughs> and uh, he, he took off, and helped get justify a nice clean break to get to the front. Uh, one of the uh, one of the rival trainers said that uh, he, he you know he thought it was a wedge blocker. He was uh, very upset that uh, re- restoring hope basically. Uh, and Pat Forty just wrote a column on it too. And apparently Pat Forty, uh, who's you know best college basketball. For college basketball, yeah. but he's a former louisville sports columnist so he's okay, big on similar, racing. okay he used to write a month of kentucky derby you know after after kentucky either won or lost the national basketball tournament or louisville he'd he'd spend a lot of time so he knows his racing and he noticed it on the tape right away and asked baffert about it and baffert of course uh, pled innocent there's nothing really against it but it's, uh, kind of, uh, it was, uh, it, it's kind of it was it's kind of become a big controversy that restoring hope had no business being in the field and was used. He he took off on the outside and then he kind of drifted in and blocked a couple of horses that were starting to make that were trying to make an early run at uh, just.
1: So well, then answer me this: because if was he qualified to be in that particular race, and if well, not, then how did race, he get entrance in
3: this race in the Derby? They have more than twenty trying to enter, right? Mm-hmm. So and and there's only what? put twenty, and that, there was ten in the only, Belmont. Twenty, yeah. There's only ten. If you pay the fee, and they, I mean, they're not going to let some claimer from Canterbury in there. But the the horse, yeah, he had some pedigree, and he, you know, he could run, but he was not a contender in any way. But that's uh that's a story that, uh, as Forty says, there's nothing illegal about it, but it's another thing that uh, you know that uh, he says uh, basically says that that allowed justify a trouble free start from the number one post and a smooth trip into the first turn establishing himself in his customary front row, running position and then rolling wire to wire for the historic uh, victory and he's pointing out he says it's it's uh under the current rules of the sport using one horse as a blocker for another is simply smart racing strategy but it could further corrode the already rusty credibility of the sport. And it, of course, doesn't look good for Justify. After watching Justify against those other horses, I don't think he needed that. No, but, he didn't. But this was security that uh, Baffert used. So uh, that's a, we got two big controversies. We got the 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 fake fall down for the double steal in the Florida-Auburn game. And then we have uh, this this thing that is being written about more and more justify uh get a little help from restoring hope and Bafford comes across as the gentleman of gentlemen's with the whi- the gentleman of gentlemen mm-hmm. with the white hair and the whole thing but uh he can be sneaky too apparently
1: well because so, there's got to be a lot more money at stake for him guaranteeing a triple crown
3: for you know profit well, he, down the he, road he, i mean this you know the some of these horses could have still ran him down if justify didn't run such a great race if mike smith didn't do great such a great job but the fact of the matter is, he put Restoring Hope in the field to help Justify. That's sure. the only reason. Though. There was no chance this horse was going to win no. or show or play, So, Anyway, that's. Uh, I like trickery. We like trickeration, don't we? Creativity. In, uh, sports, yeah, creativity. Uh, yeah, I, this should not probably. By the way, Justify, I mentioned this yesterday. He weighed 200 pounds more than Secretary. Wow. Like Jeez. he weighs over 1300 pounds he's a monster what a lard ass and you know what <laughs> I, I heard something else i didn't realize this a horse like him will lose 80 to 100 pounds running that race
1: come on no 80
3: to 100 pounds running that race wow wow because all the water
1: you know you know what it is metafest
3: <laughs> well they gotta and that's one reason people wonder about a horse who runs three times in five weeks because they got to try to get the weight back on him to huh. make him as strong as they ever are that's a, i heard that too or 60 80 but as big as he is he might, might lose as much as 100 pounds insane. yes it is Yikes. so what i should do yes is yeah. get out there and run a mile and a half real fast we'll strap a harness on you yeah right yeah get one of the Get one of the grandkids to ride on my back and I'll <laughs> run around
0: the track. I'll load you up with Lasix. <laughs> yeah, right, And then we'll have to bring out the barrier to put you out of your misery <laughs> so the neighbors right. don't yeah, have to watch us they're shoot they're you. put
3: up the screen up there and shoot. Yeah. They've shot Ricey. <laughs> we'll be back.
0: Quiet, please. We'll be on
1: the air. And now...
2: The bodies of Simpson's ex-wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, and Ronald Goldman were discovered early Monday morning. Later, a police forensics team began a search of the crime scene and O.J. Simpson's home. Investigators removed several pieces of evidence from both properties. A blood-soaked glove, according to the Los Angeles Times, found at O.J. Simpson's home and believed used during the killings.
3: June 12, 1994, the uh, bodies of uh, Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman uh, were found murdered at Nicole's home, outside Nicole's home in Brentwood, California. Uh, and I was trying to recall, that was a Sunday, and the, the Bronco chase was not until Friday, right? I think it was not until Friday.
2: Yeah, because uh, it was like the sixteenth or something, sixteenth or seventeenth or, or something think. like
3: that? Uh so I was trying to remember, and Manny, you were only ten years old, so you probably yeah. don't remember. Chris, how long before we started to think OJ might have done it? Was that it took a while, right? It, it did. It, it did. That. I take mean it
1: was a while. And because it was just such a different era, there wasn't yes. Twitter and yeah. everything else. But I remember a few days in that there, the, the there news were, reports were wondering, they, they started they were giving, to speculate. They
3: certainly weren't naming him, but they were, uh, or They I guess they were saying. And then then there was the whole thing of O.J. was in Chicago and he yeah. flew back. That was the, the first that he'd been in Chicago, mm-hmm. so it couldn't have been him, was the first storyline. Because somebody
2: had called him at the somebody had called him to tell him that they had yeah, found right
3: in Chicago and he yeah. was distraught and the and the whole deal. Uh but it might have been Wednesday, thir- Wednesday, early Thursday, we started hearing hints that maybe maybe OJ was the guy. And then of course the uh the Bronco chase and I believe it was on the seventeenth. Uh I think it was on Friday. Cause I no, wait, 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 yeah, yeah, it was on Friday because I was in New York covering the uh going to cover the world cup opener ireland and italy they had two of it jerry Zagoda was doing some of it and i was doing some of it i went the four games but the opener was ireland and italy at giant stadium mm-hmm. in the meadowlands and of course i remember being on the i was staying at the grand hyatt and being in there and turning on the tv and 12 channels had the bronco chase you know it wasn't really a chase it was just a drive Mm -hmm. with al collins driving him and trying to get him but i mean i get i guess by thursday we thought he was going to be arrested i I, I think by a day earlier we thought that 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 he was going to be arrested and then then he took off
2: because they had said they had Said that he was going to be asked to turn himself in. Yes, right. And yes, then he then yeah. when he didn't show up, that's when yeah, everybody was yeah. like, "Okay, he's in the wind." And
3: and uh, yeah, we were thinking that he went to New Mexico. I mean, to uh, not to, to South America or someplace. But I what what I remember is so the next day I'm out in the parking lot talking to the Irishmen who were getting ready for this soccer game, which is the biggest event of their life, right? Because <laughs> Ireland is not a they aren't a World Cup regular. You know, they get their some of the time, kind of like us, but uh, they—I'm uh, talking to these well lubricated Irishmen out in the parking lot, <laughs> and they're saying, "You have the worst telly in the world in America." In their Irish accents, that's not a very good Irish accent. They, every channel, all you have is that guy in the white trolley driving <laughs> around. All you have is the white trolley, and every channel. And I said, "Well, you know, he's a rather very famous uh, American sports guy who uh, is now accused of killing his ex-wife and this other guy in brutal fashion." They said, "Okay, but why does it have to be on every channel? We want to know about the World Cup. What does America think <laughs> of the World Cup?" Uh, it was. That uh, was. Uh, it was amazing, though. And Mrs. Ricey, uh, she was. I think she was. Uh, she had a lot of free. She was starting to get a lot of free time. She became one of the world's leading experts on the OJ trial. Does not miss a minute. Yeah, she was focused in like a laser. And in fact, when when we were uh, watching the the thirty for thirty, how many parts was it? Three up, three parts? Uh, like 30, five. Five parts.
2: Five parts, yeah. Which are
3: fantastic.
2: That was brilliant.
3: And, and every 20 minutes, I'd say, I don't know that. And she'd say, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <You know? laughs>
3: the only one she didn't know was when our guy, uh, Carl Douglas, the, the Johnny Cochran's mm-hmm. right-hand man,
2: mm-hmm. who
3: I want to be my criminal defense attorney, the thing about the staircase when they when took they, down
2: all the photos, down all the O.J.'s photos of OJ's house
3: of OJ playing golf with white people and turn Martin Luther King and had all these uh, Martin Luther King and all these, uh, all these photos. And, uh, Carl Douglas's great quote was, if it had been a Hispanic jury, we would have had a mariachi band at the top of the steps. <laughs> it was, I mean, years later, it was, it was kind of funny, but, uh, the, the, the whole thing of course was not, but it's, it, it, uh, it, it was, and I was talking down the hall, uh, today with amy daniels it was a start of reality tv yes it was in yeah. america it started reality TV. The,
2: o- the only thing i remember was being only 10 years old at the time the only mm-hmm. thing i remember was i was watching game five in the 94 finals mm-hmm. during the bronco chase and, chase and bob costas broke in for nbc at halftime mm-hmm. and was just like yeah oj simpson's in this bronco and yeah. they're trying to apprehend him and on this mm-hmm. other stuff, and, and so
3: that game was that early, huh? That game was, uh, was well, because
2: I think it was in the, e- it, was, the e- it was it was well, in they the were, evening. Kept
3: driving in L.A., but he was driving. I guess when I got,
2: it was in the early evening. I had evening, been I think.
3: someplace that Friday doing some soccer stuff, and and when I got back, it was it was going on and it might have been 5 o'clock in New York or something like that so maybe 5:30. it was maybe it but was Saturday but it lasted Saturday. for hours
2: so it, may, it might have been Saturday then because it might have been no. like an earlier tip off or something and of
3: course no no it was it was Friday because Saturday was the first game
0: of the World Cup
1: we oh. never would have gotten this moment either
0: and there's Charles Woodson how about that and what a season he had <laughs> <laughs> Great, man he, he became the first defensive player to win the Heisman Trophy. And congratulations, Charles. That is something that no one can ever take away from you. Unless you kill your wife in a waiter. In this case.
3: <laughs> the last annual appearance oh, by Norm MacDonald. Ken the Griffey Jr. going, oh my God. I cannot <laughs> believe he just said that. <laughs> and, of course, That was what the first ESPY, so that's ninety six or something. Something like that. It's only
2: a couple years removed. Or ninety seven, because yeah, because Woodson won the Heisman in ninety seven. Okay,
3: so the so it might have been later, but the trial, hell, the trial. When did we get a verdict? Was Uh, well in ninety
1: six. because I was in the sixth grade. Yeah, ninety six.
3: Something they can never take away from you. Oh man, it was uh, it was quite an American event. That is for sure. And on uh, we found them. I, re- I remember the absolute confusion and that okay poor oj the first reaction is oh poor oj i know he's divorced but this has got to really be affecting him because he had a reputation as a you know well he was a hollywood movie star he was nordberg yes. for god's sakes he was yeah. nordberg uh unbelievable all right. And uh, where is he now? Is he, uh, where's I he? I think living? he's out. Yeah, he's out. He's, uh, uh, he's, he's, he's in Florida. I think he's in Florida. Oh, Florida. I thought I was he was in Florida. Florida, yeah. He's chubby, too, man. You got to get mm, him. He's in... You know, if you're in prison, why not get yourself in shape, man? What the hell? Got else nothing you got else to, to do? do, yeah. Yeah, get in shape. All right. We'll be back. Johnny Height, the Hollis uh, Kavner, has uh, told us there's going to be a press conference Monday. yeah. Oh. Uh, no revelation yet if it's official word that a PGA Tour event is yeah, coming. But it
0: sounds that, promising,
3: though. That would be the guess, yeah. yeah that's, uh,
0: that's, uh, but nobody's, uh, nobody's uh, confirmed it as of yet. Hmm. Uh, this update sponsored by KFC. This summer, get a KFC Extra Crispy $20 fill-up. Meal includes eight pieces of Extra Crispy Chicken, plus all the fixings. This offer is not everywhere, not forever. Prices may vary. Tax and substitutions apply. Uh, twins uh, playing a game tonight. They had yesterday off, of course. They're opening up a three-game series against the Tigers in Detroit. Jake Odorizzi pitches for the Twins. Lefty Blaine Hardy will go for the Tigers. Twins with a roster move before the game today. They're bringing back right-handed reliever Matt Belisle. He pitched for him last year, you might remember. Signed with Cleveland, though, uh, as a minor uh, minor league contract during the offseason. Did pitch for them, but was sent down in early May. Was pitching at AAA Columbus and was released by the team yesterday. I think this is a commentary on the way my guy Presley's pitched lately. I think so. they, well, they, they it's they also wanna... the fact
1: that he's going to pitch in 100 games if they keep this up. Yeah, well, he's, He man, hasn't been good, though, I agree. Pitch selection
3: is awful.
1: It How did... about this tweet from Murph, by the way, on Matt Belisle. Murph's covering the boys in mm-hmm. Detroit. Matt Belisle was staying in an extended stay America in AAA Columbus after the Indians released him. Packed up his pickup for the three-and-a-half-hour drive to the Minnesota Twins Hotel in Detroit Monday night. He says, "Quote: I got a good sleep and I'm ready to go. We'll figure out how to get my truck back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's pretty good. He is a good dude. Yeah. Uh, to make room, the Twins designated infielder Gregorio Petit for assignment. Uh, that bullpen. Uh, speaking of you guys bringing it up, isn't it a little overworked? I keep seeing the number of appearances. It's not, but it's their starters have not have been better. You know, it's yeah, not like true. guys are
1: giving them three and a third too often. You're saying." I, uh, Bigger pitching staff, John? You
2: want yeah, 14? Yeah, let's, let's go with 14. Okay. What the 15, hell? 16 pitchers. <laughs> to go
0: for it. Minnesota United News tonight on this station. The Adrian Heath Show, as the coach gives you the latest info. It's at 6 we're o'clock. Break.
3: We're on a break. Yeah. We're on a World Cup break.
0: Yep. Uh, it's at 6 o'clock tonight, right after the ride, right here at on 1500
3: ES. We got uh, to do a World Cup uh, preview here pretty yes. soon, don't
0: we? Who, uh, we have to get Brucey e. McGuire in there. Uh,
3: uh, Brucey e. McGuire. You know that Bruce... Uh, In the past, has taken his uh, three-week vacation to watch all of the World Cup matches. No. No. Wow. Uh, He's a sick human being. uh,
0: A nice guy. (laughs) (laughs) Point guard Terrell Terry, who averaged 17 points and 7 assists at De La Salle, as a junior announced he uh, will not be attending the University of Minnesota. He's going to Stanford.
2: He'll never get a job in this town! I was just going to ask, is, uh, what, what does Sid think? Is no, he happy no. about it or not? not Tw- sure.
0: 2019 four-star prospect had considered Baylor, Indiana, Minnesota, and Xavier, among others. Let's see, you can get a free education mm. at Stanford mm-hmm. and live in California in the winter. <laughs> Terry announced his commitment in a Twitter video. That is uh, two D-guys that have gone out there. Mm-hmm. Reed
3: Travis, did he ever officially... Uh, Go to Kentucky, or is it still out no, there? No, I think he
2: transferred, didn't he? I think he is. Tra- I think he, he did, is going he to did transfer. Announce- yeah.
3: But I mean, that was what all the stories
2: were. But I think so. Maybe he's still. I don't know if he's made a degree or something. Or something. Yeah.
0: Some uh, golf happenings at the girls' state tournament. All uh, we're, right, we're setting records today. Really good. Uh, Red Wing junior Leah Herzog shot a girls' state tournament record six under par sixty six in the opening round of the class two A meet at 66. Ridges Woof at Sand Creek in Jordan. Well. That's not the story. The story is her record lasted about fifteen minutes. Wow! Classmate Sophia Yeomans uh, shot a nine under par sixty-three. That uh, I, it looks like uh, Red Wings in good shape for winning the team title. Huh? And <laughs> yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boys' all-time record is also a nine under. Uh, a par 63. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yeoman shared the Class 3A state tournament individual title with Joanna Kim of Edina last year. Hmm. Wingers dropped down to Class 2A this season after moving up and playing in Class 3A the previous two years. Wow. Herzog is. How's that Herzog spelled? OG? H uh, E R Z O G. Yeah, no. that's a
3: famous Minnesota golf name. They're all related to some hmm. some degree.
0: Whitey? They're over related to Whitey? Whitey. No, 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 no.
1: <laughs> Love that crowd. <crouch.
0: laughs> uh, Vikings' first day of mandatory minicamp. How'd you uh, like to be named Whitey? <laughs> hey, Whitey. Jeez. Hey, <laughs> Saltine, pesky guy. Uh, first day of manda- mandatory minicamp for the Vikings. <laughs> Coach, Mike Zimmer talked uh, with reporters afterwards. I listened to the whole thing nothing it was absolutely nothing, nothing. all right we gotta run johnny okay we gotta to talk to george samus
3: who will be going for his 1000th independent league managerial victory this evening george samus the manager of the saint paul saints is with us and first of all congratulations to your Stetson and hatters for reaching a super regional sir
4: yeah, what a year they had, huh? They yeah. were um, close, what, one um, couple wins away from getting to the College World Series, but they did a great job, and I guess they had some good pitching, and um, I guess their best pitcher got drafted in the first round, 14th wow. pick by Seattle, so it's a great year for them.
3: Now, when you were down there 30 years ago, uh, were, they playing, were they a D1 school then?
4: Yeah, back then, we were one game away from going to the College World Series. Oh, school. really? We, lost in, uh, um, and we beat Florida State. Um, early in the day and then we had to turn around and play Florida later in the day to beat them and if we would have won that we would have gone to the College World Series but we lost out in that last game.
3: How does a guy born in California end up in d Florida playing baseball?
4: I don't know that's the way it worked out man. <laughs> I, that's where my parents told me we're going so that's where we went.
3: Oh okay so you moved to Florida then and you were in
4: the neighborhood. Yes. yes. Okay
3: uh, George, uh, we uh, were we were hoping for number one thousand last night. Uh, left that runner at third base, but uh, go after it again tonight. That's a signum. You know, that's a yeah. S- I was
4: hoping for it too, man. It was um, you know, it's and the thing is, it's tough because it, you know the last guy in the game, Brady Shoemaker, hit a laser right at the center fielder to end the game. <laughs> um, so it's it, it would have been nice to get it that way, um, you know, in a walk off fashion, but um, that's the way the game goes sometimes.
3: That's a uh, sign of a guy who's been at it a long time, man. <laughs> it's,
4: uh... Yeah, it's it's been a while, and I enjoy it. And um, this probably taking a little bit too long, but you know, hopefully we can get this done here tonight. And we're playing Fargo. That's uh, it's a great rivalry with them, and always good games. And um, but you know what? We just need to go out and win this one tonight, and then we'll win a series tomorrow.
3: George, I didn't realize that your last four years uh, in the uh, profession as a player were uh, last three and a half years anyway were spent in the independent leagues, too. So you got some seniority in the independent baseball.
4: Yeah, I've been around for a while. I mean back when you saw me pitch with the twins, I mean, as you know, back then I threw so slow, you know, I was the eighty two mile an hour guy, it was yeah. so slow and then after that I got hurt and it was even worse. So um, <laughs> you know, it was it was tough after the after the two shoulder surgeries and um but yeah, I've been doing this for a long time and it's um you know, the independent ball has grown too. Yes. There are a lot of double A, triple A guys of big league time in our league and and obviously playing for us, and obviously playing in in this stadium, we play in the nicest one you'll ever see.
3: Say, uh, George. Uh, so, in uh, in what's now twenty years of managing uh, in the uh, independent league, what was the bur- worst bus trip? What was the bur- worst bus ride?
4: Dude, um <laughs> dude, we took one from uh, this is from St. Paul. We took it to Pensacola, Florida, and it was brutal. Man. <laughs> it was, um, you have those once in a while. Um, I think it was like 20 something hours. Um, and obviously when we left, we had a game that night, we left and had an off day the next day. Um, so when we got in, you know, we didn't have to play that day, but that was a long one, man.
3: How about uh, what's your worst broken down bus story from those 20 years or even as a minor leaguer, you had to have a few broken down buses.
4: Um, you know, I really don't remember the broken down buses, but, um, you know, sometimes there's been busts where the air conditions broke and you're on that bus for 10, and 11 hours with no air conditioning, It's not fun. And the complaining, um, sure goes on when that happens. And, and I'm probably one of them. So it's it, it, that was a tough one when that, when that happens. Hey George, you were in uh, California. In fact,
3: in Visalia, 1990, 17 and four, uh, 183 innings, three Oh four ERA. Uh, and then a little later, you were in double A with Orlando. What, uh, what's the hottest league, uh, that you pitched in the California league in the dead of uh, winter, uh, dead of summer or the, uh, Florida, uh, the, uh, Southern league.
4: Well, the thing is when I was in the California league that one year, um, I, mean, I was there all year and that was hot, especially down in Palm Springs. I, I still remember playing down there in Palm Springs. It was 115 degrees and it was, it <laughs> was rough when I was in Orlando. Um, I pitched an opening day in Orlando, I believe, in 1991. And then somebody got hurt in Triple. I think Nagel got hurt in A. Oh, okay, and, um, yeah. So I got called up in AAA the next day, so I was in Portland. I was only in Orlando for one day, and then I went to Portland. So, um, so it was. Um, I've been all over, all over the country. Well, as a
3: starter, man, you know what? I just remember George pitching for the Twins. Uh, Seventeen and four, ten and eight, ten and eight, 13 and four. You were on the way, baby.
4: You know, as a starter I, in the minors, I, I did a decent job. You know, I had some decent years, um, but you know what? The Twins gave me a chance, and once you get to the big leagues, it's a lot different, and um, the hitters there, they are they can swing it. They know what they're doing, and um, obviously it was a struggle for me that year in the big leagues, um, but, you know, I guess there's a bunch of rookies out there that, you know, their first year, they don't do too good, and um but um, I remember, I think it was the same year, Eddie Guardado and I came up the same year, and, um, you know, that was a difference. He went on to have a great career, and I got hurt, like, the next year, and it was it was never the same after that.
3: Uh, 2003, you uh, took over the Saints here. How do you, what is the recruiting process? I suppose it's gotten even more competitive in independent baseball. How do you spend your, once the season's over, how do you spend your uh, winter uh, lining up players? You got you got you some agent buddies who can contact you. How's it work?
4: Absolutely, you know for sure. That's half the fun putting the team together. That's why I enjoy this job um, so much because you know I get to put the team together in the off season and um, it's just having contacts and you know knowing agents and having good relationships with them and and every day you're you're either on the phone or on the internet you know looking at the waiver wire and see guys that get released from double AA, A, triple A and um, you know, and you try to get the best guys, and and once the middle of March rolls around with all those releases, then it's really a scramble to get, to, you know, to get the, you know, to get the best guys, and um, we're fortunate enough to be in this beautiful stadium, so so that helps. Um, I remember the last couple of years at Midway, it was kind of tough. Um, it was kind of tough to recruit the guys because you know, the stadium beat down a little bit, and I had one guy tell me. They wouldn't even call me back just because um, <laughs> there was no air conditioning in the clubhouse, and it was a, it was a rough place to be.
3: Well, that's for sure. But, uh, of course, the other part of it is now you got Tom Willemson here, and he's doing great for you. And uh, you probably pretty well know you won't have him till the finish line, right?
4: Yeah, well, it's funny you say that. I mean, just just about an hour ago, um, one of our starting pitchers, Vinny Natoli, is, is is getting signed by a team in Mexico. He's going oh, to really? uh, Saltillo in Mexico. Yeah, but Willie, he's been throwing really good, and I know there are people here to see him, especially tonight. Um, There are there there have been scouts all over um, to see him, but I know there are some here from Japan. um, Oh, really? And from whichever other major league clubs, they are here. Um, I've been told they're here, and he will definitely be in this game tonight, in the ninth inning. Um, So it's it's legit, 95 miles per hour, and he touched 96 the other day, and Good breaking stuff, and it's a guy that um been in the big leagues for seven years, seven plus years, and um uh, and you know what, he's a good dude to have. He's he's been around, and the way he acts, like you wouldn't even know he played in the big leagues that long, because he has the right attitude and does it the right way, and. Again, that 95 mile per hour fastball—it's—it's it's impressive to see.
3: And uh, George, uh, of course, uh, you know it—it it hurts when you got to go get yourself a new closer, but it also helps when you're recruiting players, when you're getting guys signed too. I would
4: imagine. Yeah, yeah, you know what? And that's—that's that's the way it goes in this league. It's um, that's why they're playing, man. When they come looking for these guys, and their job is to get to the big leagues. It's happened so many times with us, like with Brandon Kinsler and Caleb Sealbar and. You know, and so many other guys that we've lost during the season, but that's why they're playing. One hundred percent, it's a blow to us when we lose them during the season. Because um, when you lose a big AAA guy like that during the season, it's not like there's too many of them sitting at home waiting for us to call them in the middle of the summer. You know, um, maybe in end of March there's guys available, but it's tough to replace a a triple a big league closer here you know in the middle of summer.
3: Uh there are some uh you know releases here at the end of the month early July when they sign some of these guys and uh, a couple of guys move up and jump around but not a lot of them right not a lot of double a yeah. guys.
4: Yeah there's some but yeah it's you it's it's rough it's tough to find um guys at that level you know you, you may there may be a few triple a guys that get released but Maybe at that time those guys get released. They're released for a reason. Maybe they've, you know, passed their prime and it's maybe they don't throw 95 anymore. Maybe they're more down to 85 or like me at the end of my career around <laughs> 80. So you just you just never know what you're going to get, man.
3: Hey, George, uh, who's uh, who's new uh, this year that's uh, pretty uh, danged exciting uh, offensively?
4: I'll tell you what, our. You know, our second baseman Josh Allen, he's um he was in the Frontier League last year and this is the guy that came here, got off to a slow start. Um, we put him in the leadoff spot and ever since then he has been he's been outstanding. He's been our best player and he's made some spectacular plays at second base. Um so it's 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 nice to have him and it's good that he gets on base a bunch and, and Dante Bichette Junior, um, he's swung the bat pretty well too and he's played a decent third base and he can catch a little bit as well. Um and Justin O'Connor, our catcher, to me, I would I would put him up against anybody. This guy's as good defensive catcher as I've ever seen in this league. Um, former first rounder, he's been in AAA, and um, so to me, those are three um, pretty impressive guys we have.
3: Yeah, that's something when you get a, a first round kid, and uh, if they, if they still are maintaining their enthusiasm, that's uh, probably pretty good. Is he that kind of kid? O'Connor. Absolutely.
4: And you know what? Here's the thing, man. I've been doing this for it's my twentieth year doing this. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, players come here. Some of them have the right attitude, and some of them don't. Some guys just all they care about is getting their two hits and then going out after the game. Not this team. This team, you have the right guys. These guys care about winning. And and even last night when we lost that game last night, you didn't hear a peep in the clubhouse because there were a lot of guys that were pretty pissed off about it, to be honest. And um, those are the kind of guys you want. You want the guys that care about winning. You know, you play to win. You don't just play to play. And these guys play to win.
3: And uh you mentioned CHS Field again. Uh it is an amazing uh contrast
4: to Midway. That probably helps maintain the good attitude too, right? Absolutely. <laughs> you know what, this is four years here now and it's like I love looking at it the same way today I did the first day. This is um it's a beautiful place and now that the weather's hopefully getting a little better, you know, we we had nine thousand people here the other night and um but we're hoping the eighty five hundreds, you know, from now on happen and as long as the weather's good, that's what's going to happen.
3: Well, uh, George, uh, good luck tonight. And uh, and uh, for this season, I know last year you lost a whole bunch of guys at the end and uh, things uh, didn't go as well. But uh, beyond that, you've had great seasons in CHS Field. So uh, this looks like well, it's well, going to be you another so much. one.
4: All right, George. Yeah, thank you so much. I'll be talking to you guys, okay? All right.
3: George Samus, the uh, manager of the St. Saint Paul Saints. He's been there since 2003 one of the great characters of all time and a serious baseball man first uh, came. I was looking at his playing schedule and he first started in the independent leagues uh, with, uh, I think it was Meridian and yeah, he he actually Mohawk Valley in the late part of the 1995 season. He must've gotten released out of double a by Seattle in the walhawk valley 1995 so he can tell you You know what george should write a book
2: <laughs> you know pat i did not realize dante bichette jr was playing with yes, them this yes, year yeah yes, he, must yes. have, he just signed with them this year right yeah, yeah he
3: got uh he was in spring training with some club because they were writing about it and he was supposed mm-hmm. to be a prospect but he he must have got uh, released and uh, signed by them but uh anyway uh saints uh home tonight and then uh, home tomorrow afternoon, they get a little road trip, and they'll be back uh, later on. And this is about the time they start packing them in over there. We'll uh, be back. This is the Ride with Racy.